Lined into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. And welcome inside episode 62 of the Breaking Bats podcast presented by Not For Long Media. My name is Justin Ayers, uh, and I'm joined once again by the man himself. Ryan Ripken is riding shotgun on this adventure with me this episode. Uh, episode 62, it's the high jersey numbers, high double digits, kind of limited in who's actually worn that. We're getting up there, you know, we're approaching spring training number territory. But with that all being said, before we get to the jersey number, let's say hi to the man himself. Ryan, how are you doing? How is everything in your world? Uh, I did want to give a shout out to your pod, Off Script with Rip. That'll be the unofficial sponsor for this podcast is your podcast. So, uh, Ryan, how are you? I'm great. I'm doing better now with that little shout out. Thank you, Justin. No, no I'm good. You know, running around and, uh, you know, it feels like things are getting hectic. But I'll tell you what, I can't wait that baseball starting this week. Opening day is, you know, right here. Felt like baseball is so far away. And and now we're going to have, what, seven months straight of, of baseball or whatever it is? So what, what's that tweet? It's, you know, we're not we're going to have baseball every weekend for six or seven months. It's just, it's exciting. We finally get to have it. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll, we'll have a few, uh, I'm sure we'll have a few predictions in this episode as well. We will. We will have, uh, you know, our predictions. We will have breakout teams, award predictions, It'll be it'll be awesome. I found the tweet. This is the last weekend without MLB games for the next seven months. That's it. There it is. Because shout out to that tweet. I take Danny, no credit for it. Da- Danny, I'm gonna butcher his last. Th- you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Danny Vietti. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I think I nailed that. Nailed if it. Not. I apologize. <laughs> well, I was telling him last week we tried to we did like a college baseball thing and I just butchered Chase Do, Do- Dolander Dolander. Uh, so I still can't get it. Chase, apologies. Tennessee baseball fans, I apologize again. Um, <laughs> names are hard, but episode 62, this is the Sean Doolittle episode of the Breaking Bats podcast. Like I said, it's there's not a lot to pick from. This, the pickings are slim when it comes to people that have worn 62. He's He didn't wear it when the Nationals won the World Series, but he wore it every year other than that, <laughs> it felt like. Um, he's one of my favorite relief pitchers of all time, a workhorse, a, a closer, a setup man when you need him. A great, like, funny presence, too. I love, like, in the Nationals, like, 2019 World Series run. He always had a lightsaber. So, uh, just an awesome dude. So, this is a shout-out, Sean Doolittle. Oh, yeah. And, again, yeah, even if it wasn't the number one when they won the World Series. And we, we talked about it. Guys switch numbers. They get they get assigned certain numbers in spring training. It's hard to find a number, really, for every single player. But uh, Sean Doolittle, definitely, it was a great time with him with the Nats and a lot of memories for Nats fans with that championship. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I don't think a World Series might not be in the cards this year, but but soon enough, the Nats will be back. Are you saying that the Nationals projected win team total over under of 59 and a half? Are you saying that's not conducive to a World Series title? Is that is that what you're saying? What I'm well, actually what you're saying there is you're telling me there's a chance. So everybody has always, a chance. There's always a chance for sure. But definitely the expectations of the team is not what it was back in their their World Series run or even those previous years where they were even supposed to be, you know, the top contending team. 
But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. You got to play the game, right? Everybody on opening day is O and O. The slate is clean. Memory, like you can make new memories. Like the expectations are, are equal. It's great. That's the best. This best part about opening day is like if your team sucks, like you, hey, everybody starts out the exact same. So you, you shout win. Out the, the you win the first game. You're, you're on 162 and 0. I mean, you have that belief for fans for for that that one game that one day. I remember growing up all the time as an as an Orioles fan, and and for the, through those years. So I believe 97 to when the Orioles made the playoffs in 2012, they didn't have a winning season. And those are some tough years. And I remember I get so excited each time. This is the year. It's They're off to a little good, bit of a good start. And then uh, the bubble was burst when we got into May or June. But, yep. you know, everyone <laughs> everyone can dream. Everyone can live. And uh, that's, that's also the exciting part is you will have that belief with every single fan base despite what the projections might be. Uh, to start off the season. I was trying so hard to suppress that trauma of the early 2000s, mid 2000s Orioles teams, but uh, hey, it's here now. You're right. They, every single May, would they, the bottom would fall out. And then I would be left trying to, you know, look at what what was left of the season at that point. So um, great, great times. So many, so many good memories. Uh, let's stick with the Orioles though. Let's, let's do our fill in the blank and then we'll do our predictions in the back half of this episode. Uh, fill in the blank. We're going to keep it in the O's. The Orioles announced that Grayson Rodriguez will start the season in the minor leagues after he gave up 14 runs, 11 earned, and 10 and two-thirds uh, in three spring training outings this this spring here. Um, the best word to describe that situation is what? For me, it's fine. The situation is fine. I, I, I told people this a lot of, of my own uh, opinion. I, I think... When you look at who the Orioles brought in, and as far as they have a ton of arms in, in the rotation, right? Grace Rodriguez had an injury during the season last year. And before that injury, I thought he was going to get called up in the summer. Like he was on point. He was dominant. And I think that's where people are getting caught up right now is he was so dominant then. And you're like, of course, like he's he's got all the stuff. Could he go pitch in the big leagues? Absolutely. But when he came back from that injury, he tried to press a little bit, and of course he wanted to be up there. His other friends and teammates are getting called up, and he wanted to make a difference on the team, which he will. But I, he w didn't pitch as well when he came back from the injury, and that was probably mostly the rust and pressing. And then you come into spring training where I know people are talking about manipulation, service time, and all those things. Could that play a factor? Sure. But in my mind, he was going to have to be flawless in spring training because if not – I don't see the harm in sending him to AAA. Let him, he's probably going to be ticked off and pissed off that he's on the team. Let him get acclimated for a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's up in Baltimore before May. And in that case, let some of your other veteran players that have been there and done that go up there and help get in a rhythm for the season. And then Grayson Rodriguez, because the other part is too, when Grayson comes up, you never want him to come back down, nor do I expect it. So let him get comfortable. And then everyone can relax. The the the, the Grayson Rodriguez show is coming to Baltimore soon. Wow, that there there's so much that goes into this. Like, and that was very well put on your part. My word to describe that whole situation is disappointing. It's disappointing because, like, yes, he didn't pitch well in those final three spring training outings, but in his first two, he was great. There was one run and four and two thirds. Like, lights out. We're like, oh, this is the guy. And it's disappointing too because, like. 
you know, he's already proven what he could do at AAA. Like, there's nothing left for him to do down there. I think he would be better served trying to figure it out at the major league level. But the Orioles do kind of have this this thing where they like doing the service time. They like in 2020, they didn't call up Mount Castle and, and uh, who was Mount Castle, um, like I think Keegan Aiken, yeah, and, and Dean Kramer. They they didn't call him up till after the cutoff, so they got an extra year. So it's like there kind of feels a little bit of that. Like a little saving money, a little little trying to keep him as long as they can for as cheap as they can. And I'm like, and this is a point that you've brought up too in, in some of your things where it's like they do have a lot of other arms that, that are going right now. But I don't think any of them boast the stuff, the pure potential. Like when we talk about the Orioles starting pitching, it's always like they have some good veterans, they have some great young guys, but it's like none of them have Grayson's stuff. None of them are frontline starter stuff. And that's what Grayson is. So that's why I'm a little disappointed. I agree. I mean, Grayson, your your hope is that he becomes the ace. Like, that is your goal. And you look at that, if you're looking at stuff-wise, you're exactly right. When you're looking at it from other guys, and if you look at the, the starting pitchers, I will say Kyle Bradish has some electric stuff if you've been around him. Kyle, and you had Dean Kramer, you already have Tyler Wells, Cole Irving, and, and uh, Kyle Gibson. So all these guys have had experience so far. So in this case for me, and it really, I think, came back to – the injury at the end or the injury last year in Grayson trying to come back. Cause I don't think we're even having this discussion. If that never happened, I think Grayson's in the big leagues and all this talk about manipulation and service time wouldn't be had now, now that that did happen and everything that you talked about, sure. Could that go into the, into the decision now? Yeah, obviously that has to probably factor into some of the Orioles plans, but I truly do believe if, if Grayson was so flawless coming out of it, he would have forced his way onto the team. But but make no mistake, whether it's a couple starts, a month, you're gonna we're gonna see a lot of Grayson Rodriguez. And for me, I'd rather see him be coming in hot and, and coming with even more of an edge. So he comes up there and is which I believe he can be very dominant in, in his rookie year. I hope so. I, I hope he doesn't harbor any kind of ill will or, or you know, feeling or like tough feelings about that because I feel like that's been a theme like was it Chris Bryant? The Cubs completely screwed him over. It back well, that in- that one was the worst one because Chris Bryant absolutely dominated in in not only the year before and was healthy, but then dominated spring training. Literally dominated. I think he hit a bajillion home runs and was hitting like three fifty. I mean, I'm probably not right on that, but th- like it was one of those things. It's like, all right, he literally has done everything possible. He is the best option at third base. There was no like other option and you didn't bring them, you know? So I, I get fans. And I know people are looking at the Yankees bringing up Anthony Volpe, I believe their prospect, but you got to look at it. It's necessity as well. And right now let's just face it. Starting pitching at this moment, isn't the necessity. And Grayson is the long-term future of this organization. Make sure he's good. And if he's pissed off, I know it's a business and I would be too, as a competitor. Hell yeah, I'd be pissed. I want to be on the big league team. But knowing, knowing and seeing Grayson, that's only going to motivate him to do to do greater things. I hope so, man. Yeah, no, that's like I said. There's there's a lot that goes into this. Orioles fans, I'm sure, are, are firing up the the Twitter sphere right now, all about it. But um, yeah, like I said, I just I just want to see. We're not going to get 30 plus starts of Grayson this year, but as many Grayson starts as we can get, uh, I will be here for it. Um, next up, and fill in the blank. Big controversy. Big, I, I like how spring training went out with a bang in terms of people are paying attention and talking to it, uh, talking about it now. Uh, JT Real Muto was ejected by home plate umpire Randy Rosenberg the other day when uh, <laughs> he 
he stuck his glove back to get the ball, and then he didn't feel the ball coming, and then he just pulled the glove back, and then the umpire dropped the ball, and the ump- and Randy Rosenberg thought that JT was trying to show him up, and he tossed him. It was the quickest hook I've ever seen in my entire life. It's the first time JT's ever been kicked out of a game in 2,000 professional games almost. Um, it it has millions of views on Twitter. Everybody's seen it by now. Uh, one word to describe the Randy Rosenberg, JT Real Muto situation would be what? Circus. You know, it literally, I've just been shaking my head. And when you watch it even before, because the reason why Real Muto did that was because the 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 pitch before, whatever the sequence before, uh, the umpire threw the ball back to the pitcher. So, and if you look at the video, uh, JT has his glove out and then the ball gets thrown back. So he puts the glove down. So he thinks the umpire is throwing the ball back out there. And then you feel embarrassed as an umpire, and I get it. Look, like it, it, it's it's human emotion. Like I'm not, you know, ever, we're not naive to that. But the fact that you couldn't think that that he put his glove down, you thought that he was trying to show you up in a spring training game. Like, come on, like that's. And then you toss him. It just it was a complete circus act. Like, didn't think like it was anything of real life. I still can't believe he got tossed for it. <laughs> that's it's the funniest. Like, because of how bad it is, my word is embarrassing. It's funny for how embarrassing it is. Uh, I was looking at some of these quotes, and apparently, like, JT's obviously, like, one of the nicest guys ever. And, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and JT said, quote, how does he expect me to know he's giving me the ball right there? I'm not even looking at him. And JT turned around, and he told the umpire, dude, I thought you were throwing the ball. And then the umpire said, I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> what the hell? And, like, this is why people get upset with umpires. Like, again, I'm cool with the human element. Like, I'm cool with you missed calls. But don't go and think that everyone is always out to get you. Because it – but in that case, like, that was not – that was, you got to know. There are people that are going to want to show you up. Come on. Like, know, 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 know who you're dealing with. And JT's got that reputation. He's a good guy. He's behind the plate. Like at the end of the day, the only one that's looking like a, a, a fool in the situation uh, is Randy. I think Randy isn't even like a full time MLB ump. I think he's a Triple A ump that like can get called up to do some spring training games and like here and there throughout the season. So it's like it would have been like I, I don't know if it would have been different or like a different situation if it was like a long tenured like MLB ump. Maybe it probably wouldn't even happen if it was like a vet behind the plate like a guy that's been behind the dish for 20 plus years or something like that. I think he probably would have had a little bit of a longer leash for that situation, but maybe, maybe Randy got a little jumpy. Maybe Randy was like, this is my moment. I own this. Well, you know what I was just thinking now that you're talking about this of, of being in those moments, if you're not there every single day. And I do feel bad because I was actually, I'm pretty sure there's a chance if you're saying he's been in in the triple A or up and down, like there's a chance I've had him as an umpire. I'd have to look a little bit closer and again, like it's not anything bad as a person, but I will say in the moment, if you feel like two things, one, you feel like you got shown up and you make a call. And then two, after you make a decision to ring someone up or make the wrong call, but you know, it's the wrong call and you can't go back and change it, you know? So like, I can see that I can hundred percent see that him going back and being like, I messed that up. That's bad. And, <laughs> but it's hard to admit that in person of being like, yeah. yep, yep. That's on me because looking back, I think he honestly met, knows he messed up, but in the moment, like it's just so brutal in, in, in the moment. 
that's a that's such a great point because like once you toss them, you can't undo that. You're like, no, 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 I was kidding. No, 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 you can come back. Like you, if, once you do you're it, you're out of here. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, my bad. Come yeah. back. You're good. Get, can't wave do that. it off. <laughs> wave it off. Yeah, it's yeah, like he's yeah, he is a triple A umpire and he's a call up eligible for spring training and fill in for the regular season as an up and down guy. And then after the game, they didn't make him available for comment. So Dan Izonia had to be like his proxy guy who had to speak on his behalf. So um, interesting situation, but it got people talking about baseball. So any publicity hey, no, is good publicity. Yeah, no, no such thing as bad press. Is that what people say? Yeah. So hey, gr- grow the game. oh my god that was ridiculous okay uh next up fernando tatis jr has been killing it in the padre spring training this year there's a really great video of him like he's like sliding in the outfield he's playing a lot of right field he's he gunned a guy out at third base um got an absolute hose of an arm uh expectations expectations for fernando tatis jr this year are what what are the expectations as high as they can possibly be to the moon or to Jupiter because of everything that has happened so far with him over the last year and a half, two years. He's, he is such a talented player. He signs a huge extension, but then you get suspended. You've been hurt. And this combination of you need to be dependable. And the Padres and Padres fans have not been able to depend on Fernando Tatis Jr. And he's got all the ability. There's nothing to do with that. But with everything that's going on, how can he bounce back? And whether or not if he shows rust, it's going to be irrelevant. People are going to expect him with what this team's expectations are to be a World Series contending team. Tatis Jr. is not going to get a pass. He's going to be expected to be a big reason why. I think he has every capability to do it. But he is his expectations are probably the highest they will ever be so far in his career. That is very well put. That's exactly what I was thinking. Very high expectations for him this year. And you're right. They are counting on him. He's eligible to come back from his, his PED suspension from last year, which we, we talked about that at nauseum on this podcast. Um, he, April 20th was when you'd expect him to come back. He So he started spring slow, but then he went 12 for 26 to end spring. And like I said, just absolutely killing it in right field. That one through four, like, I don't think we could talk about that enough with that Padres lineup where it's Tatis leading off Soto, Machado, and Bogarts. That's That might be the best one through four of any lineup ever. Like, that's an all-star team. It's disgusting. Like, it's, it, we, we are getting to see a all-star, a, a similar type of all-star lineup. You can see them on a, on a nightly basis, daily basis. You know, it, it's going to be so exciting to watch. But again... Tatis has to be the player that they're expecting. And I do believe he will. But but regardless, he's going to get so much heat this year, especially going on the road. There's going to be a lot of critics out there that are going to be looking to see him fail. So the pressure is going to be on for Tatis and this Padres team. Oh, that's a that's a that's another great point. Yeah, because like it it once a little slip, once a slump comes at the wrong time, they will be lighting into him. Um you know, and the, the, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of expectations around this Padres team this year. So uh, it'll be fun to see how it turns out for them. Uh, last up in the news category of the fill in the blank. Uh, this is a great one. It's kind of a feel good story. Dylan Bundy's back. He signed a minor league deal with the Mets. Um, how, how much will we see Dylan Bundy this year? Like if you had to put a number fill in the blank, like, is it, 
you know, probably not 30 plus starts, but the Mets are, are down a, a Jose Quintana in their rotation. And they're kind of looking at these other back end guys. What, what do you, how many, how often do you think we'll see Dylan? Who, you know, and it's going to depend on a lot of, depend on a lot of things, but I'm going to say, give me six, six, 15 starts. Let's say it's 15. Let's say we'll go half. Cause you never know. You never know who's going to get injured and what happens. And, and in some cases, you can play yourself into a bigger role, and and if, if you're not one of those roles to start off, you just you never know what the game of baseball. Dylan Bundy's proven that he can go out there, whether he's had his ups and downs in his career. Uh, you know, I was just checking his, his stats just to make sure. You know, in 2022 he had, he had 29 games started. The year before he had 19, so he's capable of that. And if you go back even further, he had 30 and 31, 28. I think we're going to see some Dylan Bundy, Dylan Bundy this year, and and. Uh, you know, of course, he's got it's got that Baltimore connection. I, I would I'd like to see the reunion that he has uh with, with Buck in New York. That's my favorite part about all this is that like no matter what, Buck loves his guys. Dylan Bundy is one of Buck's guys. And like you saw it with like Michael Givens in the Mets last year. Like anytime Buck can bring like one of his people like with him on this journey in New York, like he'll do it. And I love that. Like I, I think my favorite uh Buck quote where he's like, I like our guys. Played they played it on 1057 the fan. Just oh, all the yeah. time. Um, this is one of their favorite drops there on the radio. But yeah, I, I think this is great. I think there's probably I think there's probably 20 starts for Dylan because it, like he's only 30 years old, which I didn't realize. Like he's not old at all. Nope. Been around a while though. But um, I'm excited because yeah, like I said, Quintana's out till July. You have like Tyler McGill and and some other guys who are trying to piece up the back of the rotation there. So um, yeah, give me give me 20, a solid round 20. I like it. I like the round number. Yeah, it's and well, the thing is, he, he didn't have spring, so it's probably gonna take him a month or so to get ready for, you know, MLB game ready shape. But when he's there, solid back end rotation arm, Dylan Bundy. Um, okay, we interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not for Long Media and the Breaking Bass Podcast, the Original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The Original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store guaranteed a delicious product, so stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bats sent you. Check them out online at fudgekitchenswithans.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode. Uh, that was great. That was uh, fill in the blank. We have our MLB season preview. We're going to do a little prediction time, put our hot take prediction hats on. We have four things we're going to be predicting. Breakout teams, MVPs, Cy Youngs, and then the World Series. Uh... This is this is gonna be great. Brian and I did this last year. I think he was a little bit more successful than I was, but he also cheated. He put way too many breakout teams. I think he had like ten breakout teams last year. So, so well, isn't that like that? How many teams are making the playoffs now? Is it six is it, from each league? Three wild yeah, cards. Two, three so it's two, yeah, two wild or two additional wild cards. So six. Yeah. So. <laughs> 12 teams make the 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 playoffs or whatever it's 12 to 14 or whatever it is and and 10 of them ah well I, I like the I, I like the optimism though everybody's gonna break out you get a breakout team you get a breakout team he was the Oprah of breakout he had the Mariners Phillies and Padres were his three aha uh-huh. feels like cheating in hindsight mm-hmm. um I had the Royals and Cubs over over um all right let's start out with the al I'm gonna go Texas Rangers not a surprise if you've listened to this podcast this offseason. The blue Kool-Aid is here, and I'm chugging it. Give me, I'm all in. 
DeGrom's here. The rotation's rebuilt. Nate Lowe's winning an MVP candidate this year. Um, yeah, I'm buying. Rangers, who do you like for AL? In the AL, you know what? Maybe it's just because I want Otani and Trout in the playoffs, but I think the Angels find some way to get in. And, and we were talking, obviously, with, with Tyler Nevin. I mean, that, that to me, I would love to see his dad and then the Angels get that chance to, to put through. And it's not because they don't have some talented players. I'm hoping this could be this. And this, this breakout is just being pushed because I so desperately want two of the best players in our time to be in crunch situations because it was so awesome to see them in a crunch situation in the World Baseball Classic. That's a great one. I just pulled up the win total like over under and they're tied apparently according to this website. So it, they're both at 81 and a half is the team total win over under for Rangers and angels. So um, yeah, dead even. I'm worried about it. Just the angels history, but that is the team that I just feel if they could, why not this year with all the attention that Otani's got with the world baseball classic might as well just keep it going. I love it, dude. That's such a great one. Uh, NL. Again, it's, this is no surprise. It, you probably could have predicted this. It's the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mm. It's it's the Diamondbacks because of all their great young talent. This is the the Corbin Carroll fan club. I am the president of that. Uh, I just feel like they've been on this steady upward trajectory. Not enough people are talking about them. You go from like 54 to 74, and who knows what this year is, even in that division with the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants who are always frisky. Why not? Why not? Why not? You know what? I'm going to go with one where it, we, we talked about it. They put together a lot of pieces and you don't know if these veteran guys are going to come together. Give me the Chicago Cubs. You know, I just would like to see and maybe is it considered a breakout if they've fallen off a little bit? I, I think because they're, they're trying to find an identity, right? And you're having pieces of players put together where they you kind of feel like they were casted off and they're trying to, to refine themselves again. And that is the Chicago Cubs. And they do have some, some talented pieces. And if a couple of those free agents that they just acquired, uh, you know, find their old form, the Cubs, especially in the NL Central, you're not really sure what you're exactly going to get behind the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm just saying, could be, could be the Cubbies shocking the world out there in the NL. They just locked up Nico Horner too, which is a great move for them. Um, yes. Yeah. Don't Hey, don't get me wrong. Where you're at right now is where I was a year ago. And all the things you're saying are all the things I tried saying a year ago. So I am rooting for you. I'm rooting for the Cubs. Go Cubs, go. Please don't let this collective podcast unit as a team down. Because it's, it's going to hurt again. That's all right. We'll, we'll, we're never, we can't be wrong. You know, that's just my opinion. Never can be wrong. Once it's said, it's done. And, and it'll, it'll be put into motion. I love that. Uh, all right, MVP. This is uh, it's it's pretty much just the Shohei Otani show for the AL. I tried so hard to try to rationalize in my dumb brain why it wouldn't be Otani. I'm looking at the the odds to win the AL MVP here. Otani's plus one ninety. The the next one's plus four fifty, which is his teammate Mike Trout. So it's like I tried so hard to get there, but I couldn't. So it's just gonna be Otani. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep it short and sweet. It's Otani. Yeah, Otani's Otani's year. I, it, I don't. It, it, I don't even need to keep going on about it. I mean, that guy does everything. Adley Rutschman's plus twenty five hundred 
if you're hey, I, I, I love Adley and I even I believe he can be a, I think he could finish in the top three this year. You know, that's that was a, a hot take I actually did recently. I think Adley is that good. But I mean, if, if Otani has the same type of year, the only reason he didn't win last year is Aaron Judge's historic uh, season trying to chase the triple crown and breaking the the home run record. Uh, you know, hit, hit Roger Maris's home run record. I think it's Otani. Otani's determined, and the only thing that's going to stop him from winning the MVP is if, if unfortunately, he has to miss time. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it. we're in lockstep in that one. NL MVP. I wanted to say Juan Soto again. I had him last year, but I I know better. There's something about Juan Soto. He's a great player, but he'll, I don't know. The MVP is elusive for him. Uh, I'm going to go with Trey Turner. And again, this just might be recency bias with the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I think he's red hot right now, and I think that'll carry over into the season. So uh, give me another former national uh, trade turner for NL MVP. What, what is yours? So, you know, Soto, I go back and forth. I think it's going to be a Padre. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the guy that just got paid big. I think Manny Machado gets a little bit more recognition yes. this year and finally wins his his first MVP. Look, he's just so underrated, and maybe that's something that's always going to be against him. And, and Juan Soto is a, a sexy pick to do because of the fact of I, I believe in Juan Soto a lot too. I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. But I just want to go where where the leadership is with Machado. And last year, you know, people might not have realized he hit 298 with 32 bombs and over 100 RBIs. You know, I feel with the attention the Padres are going to have, he is going to be the leader of that team. We're going to see Manny Machado be the NL MVP. I like that. And he's got his old pal Nelly Cruz there with him. So yep. every, every time the vibes I... are going to be high. Oh, that locker room must be so great. Uh, I looked up the odds. Soto is plus 550. Turner's plus 850. And Manny's plus 1500. So that doesn't feel right at all. Uh, I don't know why he's behind, he's that far behind. So uh, do with that as you may. Cy Youngs. I am going to go as a card-carrying member of the Shane McClanahan fan club. I call ourselves the McClanahan stands. I'm going <laughs> with Shane McClanahan from your Tampa Bay Rays as my AL Cy Young. Uh, who is yours? Uh, you know, Shane, love the pick, but you know what? It's Otani's year. Otani, MVP and Cy Young. <laughs> he's sweeping it. I just feel like the, I just I, mean, I feel like it's going to be the, this fairy tale. Otani, they win the World Baseball Classic. People realize how great he is. Then he goes and wins the MVP. Goes and wins the Cy Young. And then people don't know how to pay him in the off season. <laughs> I, I, and then if my correction, if my if, if if my breakout team's right and the Angels make the playoffs, then you might as well just give Otani whatever he wants, blank check, blank give check. whatever he wants because you, you he would have accomplished everything. Uh, so I'm rolling with Otani. I just think that he uh, he's 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 just due for due for another saying due. He's he's done it already. I, but I think yeah. he he is due for a Cy Young. I think they would have to seriously consider adding a different award for the dual hitter pitcher thing because MVP would just go to him regardless. And then if he sweeps both that and the Cy Young, there will be a lot of old heads upset about that. Like. Ugh. What no, you can't win out you can't win all of them. Save some for the rest of us, Otani. Geez. Um, 
that would be a fun off-season conversation. So you know what? I'm rooting for yours harder than I'm rooting for mine now. <laughs> hey, oh, let's let's see what happens. That's uh, it should be fun. So what do, what do we got? The NL now. NL. I'm going Spencer Strider. The mustache is taking it home this year. Atlanta Braves. I just feel like he's that's an under the radar pick for NL Cy Young, just because all the guys in, in the Mets, like Alcantara and Burns, are up there. But um, yeah, give give me the stash for NL Cy Young. What about you? You know what? Uh, I was thinking, you're talking about the Mets. I'm going Scherzer. Uh, I was thinking, could Verlander go back to back in each league, you know, AL to NL? But Scherzer, he was, people forget, dude was dominant last year, still had a 2 2 9 ERA. Um, guy's a stud. I feel like the Mets are going to be good. And I think Scherzer is going to be dominant. He's going to have that, that fire in him. Uh, give it, give it to the, to the guy that's been around for a while, but still is one of the top guys in all of baseball. I don't hate that. Scherzer's plus 800 striders plus 950. Uh, last Ooh. up. So we add yeah, neck and neck. They're like, they're right next to each other in, in your, in your preseason cover rankings. Um, world series last year, I had the Dodgers over the white Sox. Boy, was I wrong. Um, I'm not going to be wrong this year, though. I'm taking the San Diego Padres to win it all, and they will beat the Houston Astros. Uh, what is your World Series preview prediction? You know what? I'm going to go with the Padres to win it all as well, and I am taking the – I'm going back and forth on this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, – the Seattle Mariners to break through their first world series in history. Unfortunately, it falls short. And I know I might have some friends with the Orioles and white Sox that might think like, Hey, you know what? I'm not putting pressure on you guys. Pressure's off for you guys go win and go get to the world series. And you can blame me and use this clip as, as motivation. But for right now, Padres over Mariners um, should be, should be a great series too, but that's what I got. The battle of the two teams that have never won a World Series before. I like that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great for the game? That would grow the game. Rob Manfred would be sitting there in Manhattan, you know, being like, hey, thumbs up. Good job, guys. We did it. Um, that was great. I I, I seriously think we, we both, like, it, if one of us can't go 100%, I want, you know, I just, I want somebody on this pod to be perfect with their predictions. So if it can't be me, I hope it's you. I'm pulling Same for here. yours hard. Yeah. Like, it's going to be so much fun to watch. Uh, and like I said at the beginning, uh, Ryan's podcast, Off Script with Rip, available wherever you get your podcast, YouTube as well. It's fantastic. It's a lot of Baltimore sports. It's a lot of D.C. sports. It's it's a lot of sports for everybody that likes sports. So uh, please be sure if you've checked out this podcast this long, check out our guy Ryan's podcast. So I wanted to give him a proper shout out here at the end. If you guys are watching this, I'm getting a little blush or my ring light is 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 causing my face to get a little bit red. <laughs> Either one, but really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun on there. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's some great stories and things that you can relate to. Uh, but but Justin, can't thank you enough for having me on. And and uh, next time we talk, we're going to have some some action to talk about with with regular season baseball, which I know we've been we've been waiting for for a long time. I can't wait to have actual baseball to break down. Hopefully we'll still have umpires doing weird things. That would just, that would make my day. Uh, with that being said, we'll see you guys next week. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band stick figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. 